Welcome to your Business Corner podcast, where we'll be talking everything outsourcing with your host, me, Steve Blunston. So today I'm joined by Rob Moore, author of a shed load of books, multiple business owner, multiple podcast channels, a multiple world record holder. He's got his own foundation and is known as the disruptive entrepreneur. Apparently he has 168 days in the week like everybody else. Uh, so welcome, Rob. Thanks, Steve. I think the official number for a shed load is 17. <laughs> Actually, I lose count. Um, we've got opportunity coming out later in the year. I'm writing residual income, increase your fees with ease. Um, so that maybe that takes it to 20. But thanks for having me on your show. Very grateful. Thanks for saving the first slot for me. Oh, you're, um, you're welcome. I feel like we were meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I said shed load, because uh, I thought if, if, if it goes out like sort of this week and everyone sees 17 and then I might release it again six months later it's 20 odd then then I I can I I, I edit this bit out though I'll make sure this bit isn't in there so so it looks uh, (laughs) they'll never know they'll never know (laughs) and well on your business corner it's all about outsourcing made easy and I've got to say you've kind of nailed it um so how important has outsourcing become to you and at what stage in your businesses did you did you discover the power of outsourcing Yeah, so I wrote a book called Life Leverage, which is basically how to outsource everything in your life that you don't enjoy or you're not good at or don't bring you money. So I think the first thing about outsourcing is you got to know what to outsource and what not to outsource. So anything you don't enjoy, ideally, anything that, you know, doesn't bring you money, ideally, and anything you're not good at, ideally, they're the three areas that you would outsource. Now, if I'm honest with you, Steve, going back to the start, I didn't outsource quick enough yeah. because I wore working hard. You know, entrepreneurs are like, yeah, I work hard. I hustle 16 hours a day. I work 19 hours a day. How many did you work? 20? I'm working 21 tomorrow. You know, and it's almost you can hard work can be a bit of a badge of honor. So I was like that. And I felt like I had to earn my stripes. And I also felt like, well, you know, I can't afford to pay people just yet. Or it seems like a, an opulence um, or you know, I just figured that no one could really do it that well, which I think all solopreneurs feel at the start, Mm. because how do you go from zero to 10 staff, 100 staff, 1000 staff, 10,000 staff, 2 million staff like Walmart had at one point by outsourcing, whether it's outsourcing admin, expenses, finance and accounts, design, web, coding, etc, or a full time position because outsourcing is either an hourly task like take all my receipts and put them on a spreadsheet and send them to the accountant. That's an hourly task in outsourcing. But having an MD running four companies for you, that's also outsourcing. Um, but it's easier than ever now to outsource yeah. because there are people that will do it per hour. In fact, there's even a website. I think they may have changed their name, but it was called People Per Hour. Um, whereas back in the day, you really got staff. You know, I don't know when a PA became a VA. Um, I remember meeting someone 16 years ago and she called herself Miss Moneypenny and she was your like James Bond style virtual assistant. Uh, and that, yeah, so maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, yeah. a VA became a thing. Um, but it makes it easier to start. You could, it's quite simple actually. You get a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle and you go income generating tasks on the left and non-income generating tasks on the right. And you just go through all the tasks that you do in your job, startup or scale up. Any that generate revenue, you put them on income generating. 
Any that don't, you put them on non-income generating and your goal should be to outsource the non-income generating ones as quick as possible. And my guess is also your non-income generating list is way bigger than your income generating list. Yeah, I think as well, when, you, when you're looking at sort of um, the, the basics people look towards is sort of outsourcing your admin. Um, now, if you outsource it to somebody who's an expert in admin, although you'll be paying for eight hours, you're actually buying 16 hours because the chances are they're going to be twice as good as you. So you're actually freeing up 16 of your own hours, even though you're actually purchasing eight hours. And, and I feel that's, I think that's where some, some people miss that aspect of sort of outsourcing as well, is, is making sure that you actually, you're sometimes doubling or even more of your time. You've made a very wise point there, because let's say coding, had to do some HTML for my website. Well, what um, someone who can code will take an hour and I will take five and I'll mess it up. So actually hiring someone better than you at the job will save you, like you said, two hours to one or even five hours to one. It's a very good point. Um, now, for many of us, you and I, Steve, it's really easy to go, well, that person's better at doing admin than me. But in any area of your business, sales, marketing, finance, accounts, um, HR, you can find people better than you. Your goal should be to find people better than you because um, you have to let go to grow. Yeah, yeah. and I think with... Um... With Life Leverage, the book now has been sort of it's five years this this year. I think back in January, I think it was five years release. Uh, do you still use the principles in the book? And also with the with the technology now in the last five years, are you going to go back and do like a revisited edition? So the answer to the revisit edition is yes. My um, publisher asked me to do an anniversary edition, uh, five years. So we're actually doing that's twenty one. <laughs> we're actually doing an anniversary edition of that. That'll be a 20% change though, you know, it won't be a full rewrite because yeah. when I write a book, I um, I want the content to be evergreen because if I write it and it goes out of date in a year, I've got to write it again or having an out of date book maybe doesn't look that great. So I, I focus on fundamentals and principles and strategies and tactics that last. So 95% of that book, 98% of that book will be, be relevant today. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, I'm going to write an, an anniversary edition. Can you remind me of the first part of your question so I can answer that well? And, and do, you use, do you still use the principles that are in the book today? Um, well, uh, <laughs> the answer should be obvious. Yes, <laughs> I only use principles and I only write about principles and I only talk about principles that I know. I get asked a lot about, oh, Rob, what's your thoughts on Bitcoin? When are we going to be out of lockdown? Yeah, and I always decline those answers. Or I tell people my thoughts with the massive caveat that I'm no expert. I was in a clubhouse room today called Ask Women Anything. And I asked a question. Then people were asking me questions. I'm like, well, I knowledge. I am a woman. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to decline to answer that question. Uh, so, yeah, all the principles in the book I use, like net time leverage um, and finding that one task that is five times as important as the other tasks and outsourcing and creating systems and processes and standard operating procedures and understanding the value of time and knowing my hourly rate. Yeah, I, I use them all. Cool. Um, I, I think on, on your books that you, you've written, um, they're, all, they're all at the same kind of pace um, with regards to business part of it. Apart from that one book where um, it's about um, what am I worth? Um, it's, I've read it. I've read it myself, and it was kind of. It, it, although, although you do you do address the, the business aspects of things, it's it's more about um, making sure you stay sane 
And I think with the current climate at the moment, it's I think that part that book is actually as relevant as as le as Life Leverage, which is the main focus book that I've been sort of reading. Um, but I think that's just as relevant at this moment in time. Yeah. So really, my book I'm worth more was more of a passion project because my gut told me this won't sell on the same volume as money and life leverage. Start now, get perfect later. Those books are practical how-to books that address very specific topics, money, outsourcing, you know, time management. But I'm worth more is a bit more ethereal. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you worth and, and your self-worth and addressing your self-worth. It's, it's my book that I've written out of all of them that I think does more in terms of kindness and support and helping people with their own self-worth and imposter syndrome and all those things. So I'm really pleased that I wrote it. And hey, maybe that one will um, all of a sudden just go viral. I don't know. But it's, it's, um, I wrote it more to help people than to think about what concept will sell the most books. Um, Life Leverage has sold the most, but it is a bit older than money. But pound for pound, at day for day, money's probably my best selling book. I was told by my publisher it sold more books in the UK than any other money related book. They, they told me that. Mm. So, yeah. It, and that I really one, believe that was connected yeah, to, to your foundation. Is that correct? Yes. I, I give my profits of money to my foundation to help young and underprivileged people start meaningful businesses to change the world. That's pretty cool. Actually, I, was, I was actually um, what, uh, reading the website part of it with, with my teenage son because um, he's, 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 he's doing a business course at the moment in school, um, which is, is it's, it's, it's fantastic it's, it's away from the normal um academic lessons so I, I feel i can actually help him with it because all the others and they're out my league as it were as they get older um but i i, I, th I think he, he he's, he's when he looked at your foundation it's like it was really fascinated by it. so i think i think you've you've really caught on the engagement of a lot of uh, younger entrepreneurs that are coming through even at 14 um bef bef before even the university and college years as it were so i think was a massive well done from my side. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that is what I want to do. You know, if you can catch people at 14 and inspire them that they can start meaningful businesses, products and services that change the world. You know, those, those that have a bit of entrepreneurial flair or spirit or parents who want their children to have entrepreneurial flair and spirit. There's nothing wrong, by the way, with not having that and wanting a safe and secure job. I, I, I don't criticise that. There's room for us all. But hey, some people like me, I'm unemployable, unemployable. <laughs> and if there are any rebellious, crazy, creative, disruptive, demanding, relentless kind of people out there that want to do big, you know, um, liberating, exciting, chaotic things, then I'm your man. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's, that's the whole point of outsourcing, isn't it? It's, it's as, as, a, as a budding entrepreneur, I... I, I want to do the things that I love and I, I speak to people and I'm, and I'm like, that, and this is how I got into sort of looking at outsourcing is there's a lot of stuff that I don't love. And I was speaking to, to this, this one lady who is, is a virtual assistant and she goes, I just love admin. I just love admin. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I hate it. And she loves it. I just give it all to her. And it's just like a perfect match. And I, I don't think whilst there's enough of us, there's twice four or five times as many people who love the admin, love the accounts, love the coding, and they don't want to be or have any interest in being an entrepreneur. 
but and, and that that support is out there for every single one of us 100% look it's great that we're all different you know human beings tend to want to either change people's opinions to be more like them and think more like them or they want to surround themselves with people who are common and have similar interests I don't want to surround my staff me and my staff with a load of other entrepreneurs because it'd be crazy it'd be like you know the film Blade where yeah. they're downstairs in the basement and that song comes on and then the blood comes out from the ceiling from the fire um whatever they call those things that squirt water out and then they all turn into vampires and they'll eat each other well that's what a company would be like with 20 entrepreneurs all trying to work together so actually you know the admin person needs the visionary the visionary needs the admin person so yeah i embrace all types find out what you're good at find out what you love and then align yourself with other people who are good at the things you aren't you have good partnerships Absolutely. Now, with with your social media at the moment, you, you you're all over it. I, I don't know whether it's whether it's just my links, but every time I turn on something, your your, your name your name's popping up there. Um, and, but and obviously you must, <laughs> and but you, you must have a big team that's which now supports you with the with, with with the amount of stuff that's out there. But how did you start off? So really, how I started off isn't really relevant. What's relevant is how should anyone else start off? Because actually I was too slow on most of the channels. And thankfully I haven't been too slow on Clubhouse. And I think I'm not slow on Clubhouse. I'm fast on Clubhouse because I was too slow on all the others and missed, missed the boat. Yeah. I'm even doing daily TikTok videos, daily Instagram reels now because I don't want to miss the boats. Um, you know, when the reach is um, not restricted, when, yeah, yeah. you know, there's more viral and organic growth. So um, I thought about starting a personal brand in 2007 and my business partner and I agreed we should focus on our property companies. And that was a mistake. I should have focused 70% on our property companies and 30% on my personal brand because I'd have 10 million or 100 million followers now. There's no doubt because um, I'm seeing how it's, the compounded growth is going now. Um, so what people should do is not do what I did and they should dedicate some of their time consistently each day or week to social media. Now, how much depends on certain factors. If you've got pretty good money, you're scaling up, you've got some time that you can afford to donate, then you should do 30, 40, 50% of your time on building your personal brand. If you, you know, be a startup, you need to put the money in the bank, that's the most important thing. You should maybe focus on that 80% of your time and do social media 20% of the time, but dedicate some time each day or week and just do consistent videos. So after this interview, I'll do seven TikTok and seven reel videos. They'll take me about 45 minutes. And then that's the reel and TikTok content for the week done. I am starting a clubhouse room this afternoon and I'll do my own clubhouse room. I was in one before. I did a Facebook Live this morning. Um, I also recorded it as a podcast on my Zoom H1. I sent the video to Harry, my um, head editor, who will then put it on LinkedIn and then put it on YouTube. So dedicate some time each day for content and then repurpose that content on multiple platforms. Uh, and, you know, it might take you months or even years, but you'll get your viral moment. You'll get your compounded growth. You'll probably get it quicker than me, to be honest, because my content is hardcore how-to tactical stuff. Whereas if I did more rants or more newsjacking or I did more entertainment, I'd go viral way more quickly. So maybe people should do more of that, more rants, more newsjacking, more entertainment. Uh, I certainly appreciate your time. And I know we, we, we've got about 10 minutes left or so. Um, but what I wanted to do is a quick fire round. 
Um, I've heard somebody other people do quick fire rounds, and I thought it might work. Oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who can <better> do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, th- this is this is from my own script. Um, take as long or as short as the answers as you need. You know, this I made that up all by myself. Not didn't copy, <laughs> didn't copy no one. Um, are you like Harvey Specter, Mike Ross, or Lewis Lit? Honestly, at some point, everyone who watched Suits wanted to be or thought they were like Harvey Specter, male anyway. But I have to be honest, I'm not as cool as him. I'm not as good looking <laughs> as him. And I'm not as confident as him. I'm probably a merge of all three. I'm probably a bit clumsy and bumbly like Lewis. Um, I, I, I'm probably... A wingman like Mike, but you know, I am a boss like Harvey, so complete cop out answer. But, um, <laughs> to, to be honest, I, I was thinking the same thing when I was when I, when I, when I, was, I wrote it, and I'm thinking, I, I, I would like to say I'm Harvey, but I, 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 just, I just ain't. <laughs> you know what I love about Harvey, and this is not what most people think, but I actually loved watching Suits because of the inspiration for this thing. Anytime there's a problem. Harvey goes, it's done. I'm getting it done. I, I'm dealing it with myself and I'm getting it done. He was a fixer. And I think in business, you know, when you don't whinge and moan about your problems or wish they, you know, would go away or why me or why now? And you go, do you know what? I'm fixing it. It's done. I love that about Suits, how he is like that. That's the most inspiring quality, I think. No, there's, there's another one called White Collar. That, that's pretty Never cool. Seen it. I mean, yeah. Ch- check it out. The, the lead guy in there, you, you want to be like him as well. He's he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. But well, we, we all want to be like the um the lead in billions, don't we? We all want to be like him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, which business person would you have liked to have started a business with? Because I know you've got multiple businesses at the moment. Well, look, my business partner Mark Homer is um, an absolute genius in his areas of focus. And I would never want to replace him. And oh no, not as a replacement because I do know how important he is to the the, the whole of your success. So uh, my answer would have to be him, because that's real and not fantasy, Um, and I like reality. Uh, But it's not really the spirit of your question. (laughs) I would love to be in business with Arnold Schwarzenegger if it was a fantasy because I love his attitude and I think he can turn his hand to anything. He, yeah. He's, he's, he's apparently he's got 168 hours as well. And he's, he, he's done so much, so much. Um, which book would you recommend for my teenage sons? 19 and 14 they are. Right. I'm going to give you three and one is mine. Because, hey, look, I've yeah. given my time for free. <laughs> I could at least shout a book out. <laughs> How to Win Friends and Influence People. Because communication, I think, is so important and underrated, actually, in business. Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. by Napoleon Hill. So How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, I think that was, um, was that Dale Carnegie? I think it might have been. Um how to win friends and influence people, think and grow rich, 
and then my book money that, that is actually the, the, the money one was um i've actually gave it to my boys because it's uh, uh understanding the principles of what they need to be doing the percentages and how they and where they put their money do it yeah. do it when you've got one pound you can do it when you got a hundred pound you can do it when you got even more so that's one actually one book that i, I was going to put in there excluding your books which were <laughs> but, 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 but 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 then but then that, but that's what i've already done i've already gave them your your book as it were um now when we're allowed to travel and the big wide world opens up where's where is going to be your first remote location to work well i'll give you the answer that is going to be and then maybe the more fantasy answer so i will be spending a lot of time in america in the next two or three years because i'm growing my brand in america yeah. i've made a load of connections in america i'm going to be going to some seminars in america i've been asked to speak at some events in america so that's what i'll be doing but the actual answer is wherever my wife wants to go because homeschooling is really hard. It is really hard. Yeah. And she's done brilliantly, but she's definitely finding it a struggle and a frustration. So the first place I'll be going is wherever she wants to go um, because that's only the right thing to do. I think, I think it's the club ass, which is sort of launched into the US. Um, more, yeah. more, so I, was, I would imagine over the last couple of months that destination's probably completely changed from when you, where you thought you were going to be going. 100%. I mean, I retired from the operations of my company uh, last year. And it's funny, whenever I make space, something comes in to fill it. And definitely Clubhouse has been that. And yeah, I've made uh, the amount of podcasts I'm doing, the amount of speaking gigs I've been given, the amount of collaborations I'm setting up. It's very exciting. Very exciting. No, well, I actually, because I've, I've got a Samsung phone. So I'm like, Everyone's going on about Clubhouse. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. So for Christmas, um, I replaced my son's Apple phone um, and his other ones, it's got cracked screen and stuff like that. So I'm like, right, give me that phone <laughs> just, to, yeah. just to get me onto Clubhouse. So yeah. I, I sort of, uh, I, 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 I've still got to set myself up properly, but I'm now I'm now on there um, in, some, in some way, shape or form. And, and hopefully um, I can only get to some sort of stage where I feel that, I've, I've I gave myself a credit and, and I've done all right for myself. But Rob, I, I really, really appreciate your time. And I, I know that today is extremely busy for you. Um, and but, but thank you so much um, for myself. And and I look forward to sort of listening to your stuff in the future. And obviously, and I'll jump on later on onto Clubhouse. Now, now I can. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm at Rob Moore on Clubhouse, at Rob Moore. So if anyone wants to follow me and jump, if you follow me, you can see the rooms I'm in and I start. I run a money Monday every Monday, think and grow rich. So mindset and skill set of money. I'm also on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. If anyone wants to listen into some of the shows that I run there, actually just agreed uh, to have Ronnie O'Sullivan on the show today. That's breaking that's news. Don't tell one. anyone. Yeah, oh, I've been trying to get him for a long time. That's, that's, um, what, that, what, that's what, agreed, but not done. Yeah, well, what I'll do is um, the books that we've spoken about and um, the, the links to your websites and everything else, I'll put that within the posts that I create with this anyway to sort of um, guide people, especially life leverage, because ultimately that's, um, as, 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 a, as looking at the outsourcing world, that's the one that sort of guided me yeah. the most, as it were. But I really, I really appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we speak soon. Cheers, Steve. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you.